It's Pretty Little Grown Men. We're back. Uh, I'm David Greenwald. I'm Dom Sinicola. Hello. Hello, everybody. Uh, we are here with another episode of Pretty Little Liars to discuss. Uh, what was this one called? Uh, it's episode 18, Oh, What Hard Luck Stories They All Hand Me. That's what it's called. Which is a super long title. <laughs> well, we just discovered, because if you Google the, the, the title, once you get through the three or four pages of Pretty Little Liars mm. episode recaps and other bullshit, <laughs> you get to what it actually comes from, which is from a Nina Simone lyric, which is probably pretty cool, from a song called Bye Bye Blackbird. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so I think that uh, some of the, the, the more unwieldy episode titles... You have to sort of dig deep on Google to get past all the Pretty Little Liars stuff before you can find out what they actually mean. Right. And we did not hear the Anita Simone song in the episode, as far as I'm aware. No, I shazammed uh, the song that Hannah was listening to in the car uh, when she was pulled over by Holbrook, and it was by a band that I've never heard of called Christian TV. Mm -hmm. uh, also, Shazam was pretty much like, oh, looks like you're watching Pretty Little Liars. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, funny. son of a bitch. <laughs> there, there's no escape. No. Pretty Little Can't Shazam play. is watching you yeah. at all times. Um, so what do you think of this episode? You know, I, I like this episode. I'd say that I liked it. This is my probably my favorite episode of the young half season. Mm. Um Probably for a number of reasons. The first one being there was no relationship drama in this episode. It was just all all plot. Right. You know, right. stuff was happening. It wasn't some sort of stopgap, some sort of melodramatic holdover until, you know, we actually start to get some more answers. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, and I enjoyed it predominantly for that reason. Um, you know... Uh, the drama between Arya and Fitz was left at that. Um, Arya apparently didn't know that Fitz was going out of town. Right. So um, she's probably, you know, I'd imagine that after their conversation wherein Fitz was pretty much just like, so maybe break up. And right. she was right. probably heartbroken. I'm just going to put that responsibility in your hands, <laughs> yeah. teenage girl. <laughs> well, it's in your court. Now decide. Yeah. I've got a business to run, lady. Right. <laughs> um, although the... The uh, the larger presence of Johnny, the douchebag hipster artist, uh, really sort of grinded ground my gears. Right. I, yeah, I really dislike that character Spencer's a lot. Spencer's just eating that up. Oh God. She's very interested. Yeah. And in, in older in Mr. Johnny, the artist. Oh God, yeah, with his like fucking two hundred dollar bone vibrator. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Um, I, I enjoyed that he is like uh, an ingenious artist and he came up with this like funny, quirky, uh, whimsical, to use his word, thing to put in the coffee shop. I know. I don't, I don't buy, I don't really think that someone who is actually whimsical would have to declare that he is whimsical. Right. Right. <laughs> That's true. It's, like, it's you the know, first law of whimsy. Right. Exactly. You're just be whimsical. You don't, yeah. have to, don't have to you, tell people. If you're, you're self-aware, you're no longer whimsical. Now you're, you're, <laughs> you're then ironic. Yeah. You're no longer. You erase the whimsy factor. Um, and then yeah, and and Toby was nowhere to be found. You know, True. Which doesn't make any sense because Toby can't just go on his you know carpentry adventures anymore. He's he's a cop. He has to be around. Maybe he was out you know getting cats out of trees. 
doing, yeah. his, doing his job. Spencer, I have a job to do, okay? <laughs> um, I like this episode. I think I'm getting kind of sick of the show a little bit. Mm. Because it's just, you know, we get some new evidence. Or we get a new piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Of this, you know, enormous... Endless, like, thousand-piece puzzle. And you get right. one new piece, which in this case is this tape from Mona's room. Uh, and it's like, oh, but what if this? And then we'll chase that ghost for three or four episodes. And then, you know, just like we chased Holbrook until this episode, yeah. when Holbrook was like, oh, I don't know any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, okay. And it's like the liars are always operating under, and the show is operating under a very sort of clear, like, this is the theory. We need to prove it. Yeah. And then, you know, most of the time they end up being wrong. And it just ends up being, well, okay, that was just a bunch of running around in circles. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? And there were so many new characters in this episode, and I don't like any of them. You know? And it's oh, just like, yeah. I just don't want to, you know, after five seasons, like, I just don't want to deal with, like, another round of new characters, another round of romances, another round of, like... Mr. Potential villains, you know. Well, what's so so? Um, two things is one is I totally agree with you when towards the end of the episode, and we'll 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 get into more of a synopsis in a second. But uh, but towards the end of the episode, when you just basically said out loud that you're just sick of all these characters just sort of changing their personality at the drop of a hat, right? Just to fit the plot, right? In the same in, in the way that Mike did. So it's like Mike was. You know, like a really nice guy, and uh, who some who seemingly was like all about family. Who, uh, because of everything that happened with his dad and his mom, uh, basically like got really depressed and started acting out. Right. And now uh, he's like some sort of like sinister, malevolent character. All of a sudden, right. Like instead of just talking to his sister about what's happening, he's basically just like threatens her and walks away. You know, it's like, it's, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. He grew up in, and pivoted in this really weird, perhaps ridiculous way. Um, and I think one thing that the show is too smart to do accidentally is it gave him and Holbrook the same haircut. Right. Which that, is like, maybe that's how Allison likes her men. <laughs> Macklemore is, style. Is, yeah, with the shaved, you know, shaving the size of your head. I mean, is that like too insane to... To contemplate that um, that a connection was drawn between the two of them, I don't know. It it does it doesn't make any sense. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you're right. It, like it's it's almost too perfect. But it could be just chalked up to the fact that they both have like really stylish hairstyles. You know, that could be true. That's but, just all. You know, I mean, the show this episode. Uh, when Holbrook says, oh, I've been out of town doing whatever, I don't know what's going on, you know, and you close that door, immediately the show has to open the new door of like, what if it's Mike? Yeah. What if Mike's been the guy helping? And I think in the A scene at the end of the episode, that feels like it probably is Mike. Right. Because someone goes into, just to recap a little bit, um, we go into, Hannah goes into Mona's room with this other random character who was a friend of Mona who we've never heard of. Um, who's super, like, geeked out and, like, old-school Mona, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hannah finds a... Being smart and shaking this storybook that Mona used to read from, she finds this old cassette Edgar, tape. And, uh, Edgar, Allan, Edgar Allan Poe stories. Right. Yeah. 
Um, so she finds this cassette tape and they play it and it sounds like Bethany Young probably being taped in Radley, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah. which is pretty interesting mm-hmm. and it, it opens up some, some possibilities for the night of Allison's disappearance, which, you know, who gives a shit? Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's been five years. <laughs> how, how long are we supposed to still, you know, or st- at least, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit over it. Well, that's why, um... You know this the show. This is this is when it gets to the point where, um, almost by nature, you can start just discarding things. And one of those things is that any new character that comes in who shows any sort of um, uh, possibility of being a. So a new character in this episode was Leslie, who was apparently one of Mo- Mona's old friends from where her grandma lives. I don't know where. That didn't really explain it, but she shows up and she talks to the liars and says, uh, I couldn't come for the memorial service. I was good friends with, with Mona. She talked about you all the time. Her reasoning for not being able to come to the memorial service was actually kind of bullshit because if Mona was actually her good friend, exams wouldn't have stopped you from coming to the service. Right. You know, like your one of your good friends just was murdered. Right. Also, what kind of college professor would be like, that's a really um, great story, but no, you don't get to make up these exams. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't your, know, your, good, your good friend from home was murdered. Professors can be pretty intense. Okay, there I, are professors. You know, I, I there are professors out there who will be like, "Well, I need to see a death certificate or something insane." Yeah, because, because I have access always, to the person's death certificate. Right, but it's it's these things like you know, I know people who these things like that have actually happened to. Okay. So it's it's not the most insane alibi. Okay, okay. Well then it, it is a push. It did it but did it, it's it, within the I guess realm. it felt a little off to me. I'm not even cuz I don't even think that she's A. I I don't think there's anything there. No. Maybe, because and this is one of those situations where I think that the social media slash marketing frenzy that surrounds the show that is officially sanctioned an official part of the show is not necessarily in sync with maybe the careful plotting that the writers are putting behind it. A perfect example is this. Keegan Allen gives an interview, I don't know, last week or something, wherein he says that viewers know who A is. They've known all along who A is. And then Pretty Little Liars' official venues of Pretty Little Liars' fandom uses that, like, uses his interview and it's just like exclusive Keegan Allen knows who a is and says that, you know who a is too. Right. And it's like, okay, well then I believe that, which means that no new character that ever gets introduced can ever be a, well, they they can be an accomplice. Right, an accomplice. They can be I guess. an a accomplice. I don't know. But it's I just like a new, any... like this new Leslie character. It's like who gives a fuck if she's even if she's involved. Like who fucking cares? Right. I mean, is she like relevant? Is she is she working with Allison? Is she working with Mona? Is she working with whatever mystery third group that's probably the real villains? Mm-hmm. Or is she literally what she says she is? And she was friends with Mona, and she feels weird, and she wants to like hang out. Yeah, you know. But we don't know. We everyone has an agenda, so we have to assume that she has one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, luckily, it was an opportunity for Hannah to get into Mona's room, yeah, and have some nice flashbacks. I mean, that was one of the things that I liked about the episode was the Mona flashbacks, where you get a sense of like 
how crazy and angry she was, but also how um, her personality and she's interested in these old stories and, you know, mm-hmm. Edgar Allan Poe. And, you know, it was like a way to flesh her out in a authentic way mm-hmm. versus the way we see her on the show, which is always like, and, you know, before she died, which is like, we don't really know what's going on with her or what the, what the agenda is. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was well done. I mean, I think she's a great character and a great actress, so it's anytime she's on the show, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like those. I like, I like those flashbacks. Uh, they're kind of funny in that Mona was... And, you know, and I say all these things... Because I think that I'm feeling a certain way, as you do, about the about the series, which is, you know, how many more episodes do we have this season? Five or six? Something like that? Yeah, it's it's almost done. I mean, I mean half this, is, really this is the 18th episode, and there's probably... And didn't we look, and there's like a lot of episodes this season. I think, yeah. There's I think like there's 23 like... 23 or 24. Yeah, so there's still, you know, I mean, there's another third of the season. Yeah. A little less than a third. And we're starting to feel the burn. Like it's it's starting to feel like it's lagging. Like you were just like, okay, time to get to something. Like you know, right. like time to like push this forward a little, a little, a little harder. Um, so I'm start, so I'm starting to pay attention to details a little bit more. And one of the funny details that I, and probably not like actually important details, you know, mostly trivial, but is <laughs> Mona trying to get Hannah into an Edgar Allan Poe story. By sitting in a well-lit room with like teeny bopper rock music playing in the background, and then she's got like her flashlight in her face, and it's like, "Isn't this scary, Hannah?" I, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I enjoyed this this episode because I felt like things weren't just dawdling. Like, things weren't being necessarily... I mean, things are always being dangled in front of our faces, but this time, there was... There was no... Just, there was just no, like, bullshit. The mo- the closest we got to bullshit was Emily still um, sort of waffling about her apparent beginning... burgeoning relationship with the woman that she works with, whose name I can't even remember now. Let's call her Chef Lady, because I don't remember either. Yeah, with Chef Lady, where Emily apparently doesn't understand what flirting is, because uh, she has to ask Caleb if if Chef Lady is flirting with her, and Caleb's answer should have been like, well, no doy, because <laughs> like, Emily is straight up sexually harassed at work, and still doesn't seem to understand that that's flirting let alone sexual harassment. Um, and, you know, so for the most part, um, relationship drama stayed steered clear of this episode. Um, you know, no no more uh, Mrs. Marin and Jason drama. That's been put aside. For, yeah, for now. It, yeah, it was interesting. A lot of the little arcs of the last two, three episodes were kind of put aside so that we actually deal with murder mystery, the mm-hmm. task at hand. Yeah. Um, and Holbrook comes back, which is interesting, and he mm-hmm. pursues Hannah and tries to get some information, basically shows his cards, and is like, what does it take for a girl like Allison to become Allison? <laughs> and Hannah's just like, what the fuck, bro? So this is, this is the point uh, which I think I return to this question at least once per season. 
this is the point in the season where uh, I am kind of like, like, what is it about Allison that is so intoxicating for these grown men? Like, right. what about her leads these men to basically just destroy their fucking lives? Right. You know? For, it was it was Ezra, it was uh, Holbrook, um, I don't know, arguably, possibly, maybe, could be Arya's dad. Sure. You know? Um, I don't know who else. But it seems like grown men fawn over this 15-year-old girl. Right. I don't even, like, and, and, and she doesn't, she doesn't, she carries herself with confidence, especially for someone so young, but she's not an especially intelligent girl. She's not, you know, an interesting girl to talk to. Um, she, I don't think she's a particularly, uh, I, I, I mean, she's a, she's a good liar, but I, I don't think she's a particularly, like, convincing liar when it comes to, like, being, to knowing about the world. Sure. You know, I just, I'm, I'm just kind of like... Well, I, you know, I think the men who have been interested in her, the older men, are not looking for a partner, per se. Um, I think they're looking for a Lolita situation yeah. where they're, you know, going after this, this young, innocent woman uh, who, do, who doesn't know any better. Right. And I think, I guess, you know, it's kind of... Uh, maybe something the show has sort of lost track of is, um, and I'm trying to think of a, a movie or a TV show where um, one of the characters was talked about uh, as such like a perfect, like uh, you know, like a fantasy of sorts. Uh-huh. And I and I only I guess I think about uh, a movie that botched it so completely, which is The Room, where uh-huh. you know you have. Uh, Lisa, the she looks so good in the red dress. She's so, I mean, I mean, she's beautiful, but you know, like it's just they. Everyone talks about her, about how beautiful and how wonderful she is, and she's just not that wonderful. Right. And right, and so now it's it's like we're getting to the point where it's like, okay, Allison is like this like Helen of Troy character. She just destroys worlds, right. Vishnu. Uh, yeah, she's Vishnu. She, as, as she has says. become death, destroyer of worlds. Um, and but at the end of this, you look at the person who's in jail, and it's just like she's not that great of a person. Like, what is so in, intriguing about her? Right. Well, I thought one of the, I th- this is really one of the best moments of the show to me, uh, is when Holbrook is grabbing Hannah, and Hannah like has a weapon in her car. Because like she's a tire iron or something. Yeah, yeah. So finally, protect. You know, someone's thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of these little little touches. <laughs> you know that we're finally getting to see them think about these things. Uh, and she just she says, you know, listen, you're an adult male police officer. Mm-hmm. She's just a girl. You should have been on top of your ship, bro. Yeah. And then she smacks him with the tire iron, <laughs> which is just like, yes, thank you. Someone needed to say this on to an adult man on this show for like five years. Yeah, just like you're a fucking adult act like an adult. So I guess that's kind of the subversive thing about the Allison character is that, you know, these men think they're probably the dominant person in the situation, mm-hmm. but actually the teenage girl is, is calling the shots. That's actually a really good point. Um, you know, when I said that thing about uh, uh, Allison not being a good liar, I mean, she is a good liar, obviously, 
because she she always has been. And when I was watching this episode, this is another thing that I was thinking about was, you know, who out of the out of the liars, who are actually good liars? And I was thinking that Arya is a terrible liar. That's true. And either that means that she's just straight up a bad liar or she's playing the role of someone who can't lie. And right. maybe all along she's just been a fantastic liar. Because I, I think that it's it's probably true, and without like going back and searching for clues and being comprehensive about it, that Arya has never been good about lying. Just ever. She's never... She's never been able to hold a lie without being so fucking obvious about it. Except uh, her dad's cheating, which she does not spill to her mom. I guess that's true. And so then why is that? She's so good about hiding this lie with her dad. Right. Yet, whenever anybody confronts her about anything, she's just like, you can see clearly through her. Right. You know? And so then I thought about, like, who are the other... What about the other liars? I mean, Spencer is fantastic at lying. Uh... Emily's gotten better at it. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know. I mean, what, what do you think about about Hannah? I don't think she's a good liar either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's the you know she's the first person to kind of freak out and yeah. to be, and to be impulsive, uh, which masks her actual secret brilliance. Yeah. You know, <laughs> in that she is this sort of impulsive, uh, angst-driven character. I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is good because Hannah, you know, Hannah doesn't even, Hannah doesn't even usually try to lie. She just either uh, puts pressure on the situation until the truth comes out, or she right. just tries to avoid it. Right. Although she doesn't reveal anything to Pastor Ted. That's a good point. Which is a pretty big one. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's. I think one of the things the show wants you to notice is these little moments where the characters are kind of forced into even a tiny lie. Mm-hmm. You know, even Arya saying, yeah, I knew Fitz was out of town. And it's like, there's no reason for her to lie about it. Right. There's no reason for her to say, oh, he didn't tell me. That's funny. You right. know, but she doesn't want to arouse any suspicion that they're going to break up or whatever. And it's just like, what's the big deal? Right. What's mm-hmm. the problem? Yeah. It was kind of convenient this week that all of the uh, the relationship troubles were pushed aside conveniently where, where you know. Where was Toby and where was Fitz? And right. I, I thought it was also super convenient when Caleb was like, oh, I, I shut down remote access on all our computers, so like nobody's going to get in and get video of us ever again. Don't worry. <laughs> That's, I, I totally fixed that like forever. And it's like, wait a minute, bro. <laughs> yeah. Was that not like the first thing that you would have that, that you would have done? Would that not be a thing that you would check like pretty frequently given the, your past experience with all this? Right. Well, he's a super hacker when it's convenient. Right. Exactly. Um, so uh, the major plot development this episode. Was... Oh, there was a mention of Twitter. Right. Oh, forgot about that. Breaking yeah. the fourth wall. Yeah. Into the real world of, of Twitter existing. That's right. So uh, Twitter does exist in the Pretty Little Liars universe. Well, Hannah says tweeting shoes. So she uses it as a verb. Mm-hmm. Perhaps there is some alternate universe Twitter, <laughs> which has capabilities we don't we don't understand. <laughs> If, if if Twitter does exist, or some sort of similar social media platform um, in the Rosewood universe, they, uh, you know, three cheers to them, they don't use it very often. Right, which is sort of, it's sort that's the thing about the show, which is actually like this really weird thing. They're all teenagers, 
in the age of the cell, they're on their cell phone all the time. They would be on Snapchat and Instagram and all this stuff constantly. They're very trendy. And yet, they're only on their phones to get actual like text messages. Well, which is why, you know, which is why it's the show wants it. The show wants it both ways. The show wants to uh, have these these girls' problems and lives be very much about girls who are in high school, right? Who are teenagers, who are becoming adults, and also treat them like adults. So uh, it's hard. It's it's. I think that maybe that like maybe we're getting to the core of why this show is starting to wear on us. Is because it's like the show wants, the show wants to be everything. It right. wants it wants to be a show, a coming of age show, but also a mo- uh, modern adult thriller. It wants to be about cute boys, but it also wants to be about intelligent writing. Right. You know, and it's just like you can't be all of these things. Right. There's a lot to balance. Yeah. So it's just like, and that's and that's probably why we don't get just a straight ahead narrative while we have these sort of piecemeal episodes, which is like, okay, is this episode going to be about like bullshit romance stuff or is this episode going to be about the main murder mystery? Right. Well, and the problem with this season, I think is that once you bring back Allison and you kill Mona Mm -hmm. and you kill Allison's mom, you know, you've blown a lot of your climax. Yeah. You know, you've escalated a lot. And I think to come back to lost as a, you know, an example of a failed show, the thing that Lost did every season was they came up with a big new thing and they ratcheted up the ex- the escalation, you know, the uh, the drama, the tension, and they said, well, now it's time travel or now it's warring island gods, like yeah. raising the bar to these insane heights. And this ep- season of Pretty Little Liars, you know, after Allison comes back, you know, that's the bar. There, mm-hmm. You can't. It doesn't blow up anymore after that. There's nowhere to lift it. Right. So when she goes to jail, it's like everything else that's happening feels just sort of anticlimactic. And I think you know we've talked about this a little bit in the last few episodes of just you know okay, so who could A be? It could be CC or it could be whatever or mm-hmm. you know like none of these characters feel like super genius villains. You know the best characters in the show are Mona and Allison. Right. You know, the best real crazy characters. And I think Ezra. Um, Yeah. But Ezra's basically been just this puppy dog this season. He's he's been kind of out of commission Mm -hmm. as a dark character. Right. Right. And, you know, and for that fact, it's like I'm starting to, I guess, you know, I'm starting to come around on Ezra as a character. And possibly what did it is that he, you know, like we said, whatever last episode that he finally made an adult decision and it seems like he's going through with it which is he cares deeply about Arya, but he well actually i don't know how adult it is to basically say like you make the decision (laughs) yeah i'm having second thoughts about that too because it felt like this sort of him reckoning with his bad decisions moment but now the more i think about it the more it seems like Maybe he's just not interested in Arya anymore because the sort of illicit element of like her being underage and him being like using her for book research and it all being a horrible secret, Mm -hmm. you know, all the elements that maybe would have made it like sexy or or scary or give you that give him that adrenaline rush, you know, those have been stripped out and now it's just like they're a boring couple that watches old movies and eats Chinese food. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's just like, oh, 
maybe I don't like this anymore. Yeah. And she's going to college and maybe I don't really want to deal with having some like 19 year old girlfriend who's rushing a sorority or whatever. Plus there's the whole, yeah. And I'm sure that, I'm sure that he knows full well that if she were to actually do what she should do, which is go to college and be, and like experience college life that he would, she would probably become an intolerable person. Like, well, she'd probably dump him anyway. Yeah. I mean, no, there's no adult that wants to actively participate in college life. Um, right. When, you know, you've already done that or whatever. Um, also, you know, maybe too is that he uh, has, um, he's being reminded of like lost loves, past loves, and uh, with Arya sort of, you know, being in conversation with one of his ex-girlfriends. Right. Um, who was an extremely attractive professional woman uh he might be like oh shit like that i had that and there was a time when i had a life that was mature and with an adult person and you know wasn't you know pit on all sides by such drama and danger and and melodrama and bullshit well and he still has you know i don't feel like we got a real resolution to his mom, um, or Secret World of Alex Mack, and his mm-hmm. fake son, you yeah. know? I mean, he finds out, and she bails, and right. it was like this moment of like him recognizing, him being forced to deal with the fact that he doesn't know everything, and right. he couldn't control everything um, just by putting a hoodie on, mm-hmm. you know? But at the same time, those characters have completely disappeared. His relationship with that child which he said he wanted to keep up has appeared to vanish. Know. You know, it's just sort of like anything that made him, anything that connected him to real life besides owning this dumb coffee shop and dating Arya has really been wiped out of the show. And I, I would really like to see the show go back into him trying to deal with being an adult in the same way that Arya is trying to deal with being a teenager. Do they ever explain... You know, with everything with his son, did did Secret World of Alex Mack, did she, like, basically... <laughs> we could just call her Alex Mack. Did, <laughs> did Alex Mack, like, basically just say that he couldn't see his son anymore? No, it's not his kid. Or, I guess, like... Well, you're right, you're right. This kid that he developed a relationship with? Right. Um, because before she disappeared... Right. She, even though she basically manipulated him... Right and lied to him, she still somehow seemed better than Arya. Right. You know, which I don't, which I think was almost felt intended, because there was that scene, uh, and I think this was in, and I know this for a fact because I wrote about this episode, when, in the episode when Hannah had the message pulled out of her molar. Oh, that was great. Great uh, That same episode, Arya confronted Alex Mack about the whole, like, um, you know, horn swoggling of uh, Ezra with the kid. Sure. And eventually, basically, Arya just like ended up feeling like a, a dumb shit because she was a dumb shit. She was just being like she was sticking her nose in places that her nose didn't belong. Well, she was just you know out of her league and dealing with this like adult parent. Right. You know. Yeah, and then uh, and so and so it painted Arya in a very poor light. And then here's this character who is another, like, adult outlet for Fitz. 
to basically like let, allow him to confront his adult self and to separate those worlds, and he doesn't choose it. And then she right. disappears. Right. And, like, he clearly is not interested in being an actual grown person. Mm-hmm. You know? He has all this money, and uh, he thought he was going to write this best-selling crime novel and be this great American writer, but, you know, clearly doesn't actually give a shit about that anymore, or... It just, he's such a confusing character at this point because it just feels like he had some drive, he had some ideas of things he wanted to Mm do, he's clearly had adult relationships in the past and also made bad choices in the past, and his mom stepped in and fixed the problem for him, you know? So I think there's a lot more the show could do to play into some of that stuff and kind of show him as this fly character who's finding his way as opposed to being the sort of bland boyfriend character who has a lot of money and just like doesn't give a shit anymore yeah but he also drinks beer and eats pie which apparently is just revolting to every other character (laughs) in the show i never got that i was like it's not that bad what he's doing isn't like this unheard of thing right and it's like he's being analyzed by these 15 16 year old girls who you know haven't had so many beers in their lives probably right yeah like, how can you do that oh gross it's so strange um yeah so uh i i think that you know maybe you're right is that fitz is sort of like well like he's normally doing this he's sort of he's taking he's taking the responsibility of his own adulthood and putting it on Arya's shoulders right um so i take back everything i said about him (laughs) <laughs> like, and Arya, and Arya, if Arya was, if Arya was a smart person, right? Which I don't think that she is. But if she was, she would realize that he's manipulating her. Sure, because that's the kind of really that's the kind of decision that he should make for himself. If he honestly believes that uh, he is keeping Arya from experiencing her late teenage years right. and her burgeoning adulthood then he should just make the decision, not give it to her. Right. You know, it's in let her be sad, you know, and break her heart. But that's part of becoming an adult is heartbreak. Right. Yeah, I think think he's still a much more gross, disgusting character um, than he's been portrayed as in the last season or so. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, I hope the show taps into that because there's just a lot of interesting things that could still be done with him that maybe will be less interesting with some of the other characters who are potentially villainous because we just have not spent as much time with Mike or with Cece or with, you know, some of these other potential A collaborators. Okay, so we haven't really talked about Mike. I almost don't want to because it's so silly. Like, all of a sudden, Mike has this connection to Allison. He's visiting her in jail. He had this fight, allegedly, with Mona the night before her death. Yeah. Like, what are we supposed to think? That Allison seduced him, too, and the whole relationship with Mona was a lie? Right. Like, that seems ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes sense that, that, that Mike is part of the AA group. Sure. That makes perfect sense. It's not unreasonable. It makes sense that Mike was... A at the end of this episode. I mean, the one thing that that was the sort of a clue was Mike with the candies. Now, you know, hopefully, hopefully, but probably not, Arya will start asking around or tell the other liars, like, I saw Mike, he was acting like a fucking shadester, uh, he had this 
thing of candies. He left it out like he was like fishing or something. None of this makes sense. That what do you guys me, think? It made me think of like, are those drugs? Like, what are those? Who are those candies for? Yeah, is that only... is it? Is it? Is it? Um, what do the kids call it? Um, not hey, it's not ecstasy anymore. Molly. Molly. Is he leaving Molly at the pier? <laughs> Molly at the pier. It's a good band name. Um, no, that's a terrible band name. Uh, the one thing that I thought of when I saw those candies is the the one A cutscene a few episodes ago uh, with an A. Uh, breaking into oh, the computer and pulls out the candy, like the butterscotch or yeah. whatever, like the, the someone who has a sweet tooth. So yes. Do we know anybody in the series who has like a serious sweet tooth? I don't. That's a, that would be a good thing to besides like Hannah. Right. <laughs> well, right. Um, no, I don't think we've seen anyone who has a particular candy habit. But that's an interesting connection. Um, I mean, there were two different types of candy. It wasn't the same one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But nevertheless. Uh, I mean, if we think it was Toby eating that candy, mm -hmm. and we think it's Mike at the end of this episode going into Mona's house to go after that book, which he was very interested in earlier in the episode. Right. Um, I don't know. And I don't think that Mike is, like, such a... And the funny thing is, like, Mike specifically pointed out when he was watching the movie, which I... We should figure out what movie that is. But when he was watching that movie, he was like, Mona noticed, like, Modus, Mona remembers details. Right. Which is almost his way of saying, like, I don't remember details. I, my mind isn't like that. But yet somehow he remembers, like, all the details of Mona's room and all this stuff, you know? And it's right. like, it seemed like a really strange detail for him to lose his shit well, over. It, or it could be him hinting... Mona knew all these details, and I know stuff that you don't, Arya, mm -hmm. my dumb sister who I hate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've had a strained, they've had a strained relationship yeah. through the course of the show, and there was also that sequence where he was breaking into people's houses mm -hmm. before he dated Mona. Yeah. So who knows if that was a an Allison situation or not? Well, you know, I I guess. So if 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 Mike really is involved with the A group, and is an A, because he's not the big A, that would that doesn't make any sense. Um, or I mean, I don't it'd know. be really funny. <laughs> Mike was the Mike Mike at Mike Montgomery ends up being the huge villain. Yeah, the, of the show. Like, like he was fourteen when he started harassing the liars in a right. genius manner. Right. But uh, you know that he like what is his motivation? I mean, the only thing I can possibly think of possibly is that he is angry at Arya uh, for keeping her dad's affair a secret. Right. Um, or he is secretly in love with one of the liars. And Hannah. With Hannah. Because in the books, in the books, Hannah and Mike have a relationship. Well, they kiss on the show. They do? When was that? It was like a flashback. Oh, that's right. Hannah was like, oh yeah, by the way, I kissed Mike one time. Yeah. And it, but it never gets brought up again, and no. it's just like this awkward moment. But Mike never brings it back. He never no. goes after Unless Hannah. Unless he's like, so like secretly loves Hannah. From afar. Because um, it's true. In the books, him and Hannah have a relationship. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with the Mike thing. I don't feel like it's a good idea. But we'll see what happens, and maybe he and... Other policemen will have similar haircuts, and all the all the, <laughs> all the clues will fall into place. I wonder if anyone has ever. Because I think that Caleb is the only 
one of the few characters that isn't in the books. Like, I think that he was made up for the TV show. Uh, I wonder if anyone has ever asked him. Who's, I don't know, Taylor, Tyler, Tyler Blackburn, right. his name. I wonder if anyone has ever asked Tyler, like, how do you feel that you have no literary counterpart? Right, right. He'd probably say, well, it really lets me be free to put my stamp on the character. Yeah. <laughs> I can, whatever facial hair I want, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, so not, not, buying, not buying Mike as, as A. No. Um, yeah, just, just that, it's, the, it's that classic Pretty Little Liars hard pivot. As soon as there's any, any slight suspicion or evidence that that character could possibly be A, that character turns into, like, some evil motherfucker. Right, right. And the character is, like, super dark for a handful of episodes, mm-hmm. and then it's, it's like the storm, it's like storm clouds that lift, and suddenly it's like, oh, I was never that bad. You just, mm-hmm. it just seemed that way because of the music, you know? Yeah, because, because I was secretly, like, I was trying to do everything on the down low and just trying to f- figure things out, and I couldn't tell you what I was doing. Yeah, I, I hope the show gives us some more clues on him and on, like, Toby and on, you know, all these things that the dudes are sort of doing behind the scenes. Um, I hope some of that gets untangled in the next few episodes because otherwise, I feel like it's not. I feel like the show is just going to skip ahead to whatever the next revelation is and kind of paper over some of these things, and it's just not going to get resolved. And it's just yeah. gonna, it's just going to be time killing. Yeah, it, it does feel like we're like we're just killing time. Although I do really hope. Because uh, we saw this on Facebook, there was like some Instagram picture or something of the the dude who plays Mike, just like shirtless in a dark, dank looking room, lifting weights. He's like sitting on the floor, just getting just, pumped, just getting pumped, and yeah. it looks like it's like some fucking serial killer, like getting pumped, getting ready for his next disgusting murder. And I really, really hope that somehow that's like a shot from the set. Yeah. It's like him that like that we're actually gonna see a scene this season where Mike is just brooding, sitting in his room, brooding in the dark, pumping iron. Well, if they do go in the, swole. I mean, if they go in the direction of him like really having a break, a mental break and deciding to do terrible things. I mean, I think probably the best line he has in the episode is when he says, I'm not I'm not taking orders anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, who have you been taking orders from? Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what Mona says earlier about stopping time and saying people wouldn't even know they were being controlled. Yeah. And is Mike being controlled without his knowledge? Is he? Does he think he's like, you know, this lone wolf out for his own, his own whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but it turns out someone else is pulling his strings. You know, I mean, I guess we'll find out, or we won't find out, and the show will just like sort of ramble onward into whatever it's gonna do yeah i mean it's sort of a rule of thumb with this show that um characters are never as dumb as they seem right and characters never as smart as they think they are that's true hubris hubris is bad yeah pretty little liars yeah uh i also think that um maybe we can start looking towards macklemore haircuts as evidence of evil uh (laughs) you know i always think about on the show 24 um, if a character ever had a goatee or a soul patch, it, it meant one of two things. One, that character was evil, sure. or two, that character was going to get shot in the head. And that always happened. No matter who you were, if you had a goatee or a soul patch, you were either evil or dead. Right. 
And I think it's maybe it's the same thing with the Macklemore haircut. Well, I look forward to more characters on the show. Getting them. <laughs> I hope, hope everyone gets all of the evil characters in the past get a. I think haircut. I think Kobe should get one. Now that he's a cop, you know, got to keep your hair clean. It's getting close. If if Ezra shows up with a Macklemore haircut, then you heard it here first. Motherfucker <laughs> is evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, do we do we miss anything? No, I'm I'm tapped out on this one. Um, thanks for listening. Please give us that iTunes star rating. It really helps us get the word out and tell your friends and follow us on Twitter. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, on Twitter we are PLGM Podcast. All one word, no capitalizing. Not that that really matters, but. Either way, if you want to write them with some caps in there, I think it should still take you to the right Twitter page. I think on Twitter, if you all caps things, that means you're, you're serious. You're screaming, you're screaming into the Twitter sphere. Right. You need everyone to know that you have <laughs> thoughts. All right. Well, until next week, everyone, trust no one, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>